There's been a lot of outrage this week on the interweb, and the Facebooks and the Twitters, over a teenager in Texas who stole booze from a Walmart, drove drunk, crashed his car, and killed four people. The outrage has been that this young man avoided prison by claiming affluenza as his defense. Instead of prison, this young man is going to a posh drug treatment center and is on probation for 10 years. And the idea was this. His parents had spoiled him so thoroughly, and they had bought his way out of so much trouble that he had no real concept of right and wrong and of there being any consequences for his actions. So because he was rich, he learned that there are no consequences for his actions and therefore should be given special treatment by the courts and acts without consequences. Now, I'll warrant that perhaps rehabilitation and treatment are what's in order for this young man. The outrage is the only reason he's able to get that treatment is because he's rich. If a poor kid had done the same thing, he would have gone to prison. The unfortunate lesson people are learning is if you have enough money, you can kill people with near impunity. Yeah, I killed some folks, but it's not my fault. I have affluenza. If you're rich and powerful, you can get away with murder. And that's a bit of an overstatement. But that's how people are feeling hearing this story. That's the lesson learned. If you're great and mighty and powerful, you can pretty well do whatever you want. And if you hurt other people who are in your way, well, that's too bad for them. Well, that may be greatness in our kingdoms of earth, but that's not greatness in the kingdom of heaven. The kind of power and might that kills with impunity due to wealth has no place in the kingdom of heaven. Ironically enough, however, that's the kind of greatness people were expecting from Jesus. Perhaps the greatness that even John the Baptist was expecting out of Jesus. Great, mighty, powerful, ready to kill a bunch of Romans and then drive the rest out of Israel. John was in prison at this point for upsetting King Herod, and I can imagine that even John, thinking Jesus was going to be the Messiah that they were expecting, a mighty king who would raise an army and kill all of Israel's enemies, ushering in this reign of peace for Israel. So John sent his messengers to Jesus from prison, and I think he was basically saying, okay, Jesus, I did my part. I got all of Israel to repent, and here I am stuck in prison. Time for you to Messiah up and bring me out of prison and kill all the bad guys. And Jesus responded to John's Messiah question by affirming nothing at all of what John and everyone else was expecting from a Messiah. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the poor have good news brought to them, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. Well, that, that's great, Jesus, John and the people were thinking. You're a super nice guy, friend to the needy, love that, but what about becoming a mighty and powerful ruler and killing our enemies? Jesus then tells the people that John the Baptist crazy John with camel's hair and locusts and wilderness repentance guy, jailbird John the Baptist, is the greatest of all men, and yet, Jesus says, the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Which sounds rather insulting to John. But I don't think Jesus was trying to just insult John. I think he was illustrating the extent to which violence and vengeance and power and might have no place in God's kingdom. God the 
Father showed us just how much vengeance and violence have no place in His kingdom by allowing us to kill His Son, Jesus, with impunity. God did not take vengeance on humanity for killing His Son. Rather, God allowed us to kill Him to show us His radical love for us. And God demonstrated His power not by killing us in vengeance, but by raising His Son from the dead and forgiving us and inviting us to share in the resurrection life with Him. In Jesus, God showed us the power and might of love and forgiveness. God showed us the power of His kingdom in which the great and powerful are not those who use their wealth and power to kill with impunity, but that use whatever they have to serve others. God's kingdom is not great because God can destroy the Romans or any other group that people tend not to like. God's kingdom is great because in God's kingdom the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at Jesus. Love and forgiveness, service and humility are hallmarks of God's kingdom. And there is a lot of what we hold on to now that must be left behind to live in God's kingdom. Vengeance and violence have no place in God's kingdom. Resentment and anger have no place in God's kingdom. Absolute lack of caring for other human beings has no place in God's kingdom. Jesus said how hard it will be for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And we see in this tragic killing by affluenza guy why it can be so hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. If one's wealth allows a person to buy his way out of trouble so much so that he comes to care so little for human life that he can feel he can buy his way even out of trouble for ending human life, then we see the truth of Jesus' words. How hard it will be for a rich man to enter in the kingdom of heaven. And yet, Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. God can change our hearts. God can make us new. God can free us from thinking that we can buy our way out of every problem. In Jesus, we can become new creations and be part of God's new creation. The kingdom of heaven is not a place where good people go when they die. Rather, the kingdom of heaven is lived right now in this world in fits and starts. And eventually, when our waiting is over and Jesus returns, the kingdom of heaven will be lived out fully as God renews, remakes, and restores all of creation, including, if the young man wants to be a part of this new creation, the young man with affluenza, who stole, drove drunk, and killed four people. He probably can't live in God's kingdom right now. I guess we're honest, most of us probably can live in God's kingdom right now fully. But this young man, if he wants to, can be remade. So with God, all things are possible. And this young man, if he allows God to do it, God can remake him and make him a part of God's new creation. And this may be a tough pill for some of us to swallow. The thought that this spoiled kid gets to have a place in God's kingdom. But blessed are those who take no offense at me, Jesus said. 
Blessed are those who don't shun that kid and don't desire vengeance upon him. Blessed are those who pray for and seek his restoration. That he will have a new heart and be remade through Jesus in God's kingdom. And blessed are those who pray for the poor people as well, who do stupid things. And have, as one person said, does their defense get to be poor pox? If they steal and drive drunk and kill? Blessed are those who pray for them as well, that they will seek restoration and have new hearts made and be a part of God's kingdom. In God's kingdom, blessed are those who forego their anger and desires for vengeance at the evils of the world. In God's kingdom, blessed are those who seek not to become great and change the world by adding violence upon violence, killing those deemed as enemies, like the people wanted Jesus to do to the Romans. In God's kingdom, blessed are those who seek the world to change the world by serving others. In God's kingdom, blessed are those who seek to change the world by being humble and by living as a kind of humble Messiah that Jesus proclaimed to John. Amen.